0: Mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. You can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors. Find
1: tickets today at Ticketmaster.com slash NFL. The Action
0: Network Podcast. I'm just about that action, boss. All right, here we go. From the 10th, throwing in zone. Spectacular catch! They're saying it's a catch. Touchdown! You see, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh my God, oh, that's incredible. <laughs> Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is
1: the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> and
0: we are underway.
1: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Action Network Podcast presented by BetMGM. I'm your host, Chris Raybon, and this is your NFL Week 4 Betting Preview we will talk about our favorite sides, totals, teasers, survivor picks, underdog money lines. And of course, we'll crack open our weekly Sunday six pack of Against the Spread Bets with the help of my co-host, the Prime Minister of Degenerate Nation, Stuck. Uh, great week for you last week, Stuck. Congratulations. How you doing?
0: Yeah, you as well. We we, we uh, crushed it. We had I think we both hit our teasers, totals. Um and then and two, went two, two and three. one on on, yeah. on our side so yeah it was a hell of a week for the pod that's all we want um so but who cares it was last week let's find some winners for this week and keep it rolling.
1: And for those asking, yes, these episodes will always be available in full on the Action Network YouTube page, posting every Thursday afternoon, so check that out if you prefer video, and be sure to give us a a like and subscribe on YouTube as well. Let's get right into this week with our Thursday Night Football Preview.
0: It's not the best game, but it's the only game tonight. Let's bet... Thursday night football. For this
1: Thursday in Week Four, we have the Packers hosting the Detroit Lions. The Packers are one and a half point underdogs at BetMGM at home, and the total is forty-six. Uh, still waiting on some injury news for the Packers as we record this. But what are your thoughts on this game stuff?
0: Yeah, we're recording this around like two fifty Eastern on Wednesday. Uh, just to be transparent with everybody, and so we don't have really great, even with a Thursday night game, we don't have full uh a full lens into the injury report. Both teams are dealing with a lot of injuries. The Packers, you have, you know, Christian Watson, Aaron Jones, two of your most important offensive linemen. And then on the defensive side of the ball, they also have injuries. And like the secondary could be really shorthanded. We'll see. Yeah, there's, they could be down a couple of corners. And it's a very weird situation with the Packers because a lot, mo, all those guys didn't play last week. and they were down to a practice squad guy on the playing corner for about 25 snaps. The, you know, but they, so they had a short week for a division game. Maybe they were just being cautious, some of these guys. Uh, I know that Dubs came out and said we will have Jones back this week. So there was some optimism there, but we don't know. Historically, the Packers have been really conservative when it comes to injuries. But then if you look at the schedule, it's like, yes, this game is important for the division, for playoffs. But then they don't play until next Monday night. And then after that, they have a bye. So like, if you're like, hey, we're in the shitty division, let's just, be really cautious to get everyone extremely healthy. Maybe they take a super cautious approach. So I don't know if if these teams are fully healthy. I actually make the Packers a slight favorite, so would like them here catching points. I think I'm just going to wait on the injury report, even if there's a couple of Packers guys out and the Lions looks like they were getting better news than expected on a, with a couple of their guys with maybe Decker and Montgomery. And company, maybe this line creeps out to two, two and a half, and then I think I'm going to tease the Packers. We'll talk about some potential teaser pieces that you can pair with the Packers on Sunday. But it's I mentioned this on our uh, happy hour show. Getting from teasing a dog up through a field goal and touchdown is ideal, but I think over time, getting up over eight from two and a half is going to become even more valuable than going from one and a half to 7.5 because of what the Packers did last week, right? So you would expect more teams to do that after the Packers won the game doing it, and the Packers already did it, so you would do that again. So if they're down 14 late, you know, historically, if you had a a 7.5, a a, you know, a dog getting 7.5 in a teaser, you scored a meaningless touchdown at the end, you're kicking the extra point. You're covering your teaser. Now you're going to see more teams go for two. You don't get it. You're going to see more results fall 8 and 6, Than seven. So I'm going to see if I can get the Packers at two and a half and uh, tease them up. I probably still will do it at one and a half, depending on the injury report, but too much uncertainty right now. And unless I love something on a Thursday night, it's not something I want to get involved with. At least this is an intriguing matchup.
1: Yeah. I mean, Packers as well. You know, the interesting thing is, you know, Matt LaFleur, is now 16 and four against the spread as an underdog, uh, 13 and seven straight up, 3 and 0 against the spread as an underdog this year. So, this Packer team, and you pointed this out in the offseason, uh, has been a little bit underrated uh, by the market. So, yeah, if they're, if they're healthy, uh, I, I, I would lean that way, but probably staying away just Thursday night, not my favorite uh, time to bet. I forayed into Thursday night last week, and of course, uh, I whiffed on a prop. One of the few one of the few whiffs I've had uh with Javen Hyatt, who didn't even get a target. I don't even yeah, he didn't even get a target. So um that, I almost, that, tell, I, that, almost I almost
0: tailed you yeah. on that.
1: Thank God you didn't. Uh, um hope, like, you know, why, won't, actually, why
0: won't they throw near him? With, with, I
1: don't know, and he actually played more than I thought. I just think they didn't have time, which kind of makes sense. They're not they should use him underneath a little more though, but you know, they're just using him as a deep threat. Uh so but we digress. Uh yeah, so Thursday night, you know, I think yeah, Packers or are, are, Packers are nothing, or or tease it up, right? Yep. All right, and now it's time for the week number four Sunday six pack. Woo!
0: Thirsty for action? Let's crack open the Sunday six pack.
1: And we went 4-2 and last week, so good week for us. Uh, It's 13-12. For those new listeners, we do two points for each of our first two bets, a point for our third bet, a point for our total, which we'll do in the next segment. And if you sweep, you get another point. So uh, 13-12 me, Stuck, where are you going with your first pick?
0: All right, for my first pick of the Week 4 Sunday six-pack, I'm going with the Cleveland Browns, minus 2.5 against my Baltimore Ravens. Before I go into the reasons why I like this bet, I will preface it by saying I actually, the way I approach this is I Moneyline parlayed Cleveland with the 49ers. It's about even money. Points should be at a premium in this game. Low total. Could see things getting weird. You, you also have two smart coaches. Like, someone could go for two at the end. I just prefer the Moneyline feel safer there. I've also been haunted by this game If you uh, that I've been at. But for the past two years, if you are a loyal listener to this podcast, last year I had the Ravens teased. Up to plus eight and a half. They lost by 10. Tucker had two field goals blocked in like a snow game. A couple of years before that, I had minus two and a half. They won by two after they were up by like 18 and Lamar Jackson got hurt. It was a mess. Whatever. So I have money line here parlayed with the 49ers about even money. Still like it at minus two and a half for what it's worth. I like this bet for two reasons. I, this is the third time I've taken the Browns on this show, and they should be undefeated if not for two defensive touchdowns against the Steelers. The reason I've been backing them consistently is I've said it from the beginning of the year. This defense, I, I'm convinced now it's the best in the league. I've seen what I've needed to see. This is the best D in the league. Jim Schwartz going to fix a lot of that low hanging fruit. They address the they address the run defensive issues by bulking up in the interior. Adwan Thornhill. You already have a really good group of corners, and it looks like Newsom practice today as well. Very healthy team overall. This defense is playing with. A confidence and swagger that I've only seen from like the most dominant defenses over the past 20 years. Miles Garrett's playing at a defensive player of the year level. He is terrorizing, terrorizing opposing quarterbacks. Just to demonstrate how dominant this Browns defense has been, their success rate allowed on the season is hovering around 25%. To explain how crazy that is, the second lowest success rate allowed, the Bills. At 38%. Last year, the team that led the NFL, the defense that led the NFL in success rate was at about 39.5%. The Browns are at 25%. One drive out of 39 have gotten into the red zone. That was a miracle catch on a fourth and four. And guess what? The team didn't even score because Miles Garrett sacked Tannehill and the clock ran out in the half. I just, this defense is playing another level. I don't think the market. Is properly accounting for how dominant they are. And I also don't think that the market is properly accounting for how banged up this Ravens team is. You know, even today, you know, Linderbaum and Stanley practiced, which is a good sign. Marcus Williams actually was out there in practice as well, but Kyle Hamilton wasn't now. Marlon Humphrey still isn't. You've already lost a couple other guys in the secondary Ajobu, Owe, uh, Beckham wasn't practicing today. Justice Hill, you've already, I mean, I could go on and on with the amount of injuries this team was has been down seven eight key starters and a couple key backups it's just not the same team they were overvalued last week when i faded them i just don't, the market's just i don't think is totally accounting for all the injuries rates that yes they start off 2-0 but they played a, a a gimp in joe burrow and then you know a rookie quarterback making his first start on the road with an offensive line that was put together that week in a complex offense so they really benefited there uh I think that the Browns win this game on the backs of their defense, and there is no Nick Chubb, but you can attack this ravens banged up secondary downfield. That's exactly what the Browns did last week against Tennessee. Tennessee, really good run day. Ravens been good against the run. They are they attack downfield. They're going to do that here, and I think they're going to have enough success. I love what I saw from Watson last week. It was like the first game where you said, wow, I think he was 27 of 33 for close to 300 yards, A pair of touchdowns, no interceptions. I think the Browns win this game. Uh, On the backs of their defense, which for my money right now, opinion could change best in the league. Too many injuries for the Ravens, and we're rolling with the Browns against my Ravens again, sadly.
1: Yeah, I'll have more on this game. I agree with you. This Browns defense is legit, so I'll table
0: that. I did want to add one little nugget. Lamar Jackson, and he has a bunch of receivers out now, backs out. He's 32nd of 34 quarterbacks in quarterback grading when under pressure. Minimum 10 dropbacks. He's been awful under pressure. I could see a couple of fumbles here. forced mistakes, which in a game like this is going to make all the difference.
1: My first pick, the second overall of the week for Sunday six pack. And after much shuffling and debate, because a lot, as we recorded this just for Full transparency. A lot is going on injury wise. So uh, let's pull a pinch number one and go with the Rams at plus one at the Indianapolis Colts. In this game, I have it pretty much a coin flip game, but I have the Rams with better quarterback play. That is the difference in this one because Richardson and Minshew, both of them under six yards in attempt. Looks like Richardson's going to play, which probably is a slight downgrade for the Colts, Uh, but both of them under six yards in attempt this year. Stafford is still up above seven. He leads the NFL in big-time throws, according to PFF, with 10. Uh, Minshew had two. Richardson still doesn't have one. And I think L.A., especially last week, uh, didn't quite hit its potential. They scored a f- fewer points than I think they should have. I think they've gotten – I don't want to call it luck because I think it was, you know, Sean McVay just uncharacteristically I think called a bad game. On Monday night but overall the Rams are outgaining their opponents by 83 yards a game and Indianapolis has been outgained in every game uh by four and they're being outgained by 45 yards a game on average LA is third in the league in first downs eighth in first downs allowed on defense they have a 70 to 53 first down uh edge well the the Colts have 56 first downs and have given up 64 so uh, really what it's come down to for LA is they've turned, they have a minus three turnover margin. They have four turnover turnovers uh, and if they could clean that up, which I think it'll even out in this game because the Colts, they have a plus two, but they haven't turned the ball over since week one. I think with Richardson back, especially uh, I think that I don't think that's going to continue, but uh, LA has been better in yards to play on offense, 5.3 to 4.6 on defense. Uh, they're about equal, but LA has had a tougher schedule and uh this is the biggest differential in our luck rankings which you know those have been when you when you attack these you know 15 plus differentials uh which la is 26 and indianapolis is the fifth luckiest so that's a 21 a a differential of 21 those have been over 60 percent historically so uh, that got that kind of underscoring what i'm saying about la just i think they could play better and sean mcveigh a loss, and again, did not call a good game Monday night. I mean, that getting sacked first and goal at the two got sacked. seemed to he seemed like he just didn't run the ball in spots. Stafford also just couldn't hit Kyron Williams. Uh, for some reason, he was just overthrowing every running back.
0: Uh, McVay, three. McVay's like, clock management continues yeah. to also be an issue.
1: Yeah, it was it was just a bad game. Uh, like overall from McVay, but like things I think can clean up. And even with that game, uh, you know they they lose by three to the Bengals, and you know. Again, the Rams overall have been the better team than the Colts, even though the Colts have two wins and the Rams have one. But McVay off a loss, this is where he does get things done: twenty-one, twelve, and three, sixty-four percent in his career uh, on the road, eleven and five, sixty-nine percent, uh, and as a dog off a loss, nine and two, eighty-two percent, covering by six point eight points per game on average so give me the better quarterback and overall uh, what I think is the the better team even though I have upgraded the Colts the Rams can get it done here with Stafford Nakua Atwell Aaron Donald and those guys
0: yeah I would lean Rams here have upgraded the Colts Minshew is an upgrade as of now say they rolled Richardson out this was going to be my favorite total I was going to bet the over here and still, kind of lean the over fast track against two vulnerable defenses. But Richardson isn't throwing the ball downfield at all. Like yeah. everything is short. The Rams can almost employ the game plan they did last week. Knowing Burrow can't really throw the ball downfield, right? They're just going to keep everything in front of them, right? Run a lot of zones. Keep an eye, you, you keep an eye on Richardson in the run game. And there's, the, the Colts are going to have to go efficiently up and down the field. And that's just going to make this like when the Colts have the ball, there's going to be a lot of clock coming off and they're just not going to take shots because you have, you can take shots against this Ram secondary and have success. But I, I just don't know if Richardson is capable of doing that. Yeah. I don't hate this pick at all. For my second pick and the third overall of the week four Sunday six pack, I'm going with the Buffalo Bills minus two and a half. This is good up to minus 120 against the Miami Dolphins. It's going to make our producer matt mitchell extremely happy going back to the bills at home treated me well against the raiders the bills make me wanna Show. kick your heels up and Show. throw your hands up and look it's scary fading this dolphins team their offense went off plus they scored 70 points here's a here's a tidbit for you over the last 50 seasons after scoring 70 or more points, teams are 0-1 against the spread. How about that sample size? Uh, it's only happened one other time over the past 50 years. I can tell you, though, when a team looks that good, right, huge ball win wind where they went 70-20. Over the past 10 years, undefeated straight up and against the spread teams after three weeks. 0-4 against the spread of week four. Sample size of four, but the reason I bring it up is Miami has three of those four losses. They've started 3-0 against the spread straight up and against the spread three times and lost three of those four times. One of them was last year. You know, they beat the Bills in that weird game, then they went on the road and lost in Cincinnati by two touchdowns. But, look, Miami's great, legit Super Bowl contender. What they did last week is amazing when you consider Waddle and Armstead weren't even playing. Uh, just an amazing performance. But let's slow roll a little bit. There's still some issues with this Dolphins team. One, they they have they, – dominated two of the worst defenses in the league this year. The Chargers and the Broncos have been horrible. For reference, Sam Howell put up 32 points over the final three quarters against the Broncos. He was blanked, shut down, did nothing against his Bills defense last year, last week. When the Dolphins played the Patriots, they were slowed down a bit. Bill went three high safety, said, we're not going to give you any explosive plays. McDermott great defensive schemer. He saw that. He's going to mirror some of that, I assume. But here's the thing. The Bills also can get pressure. They're one of four teams with a 30% plus pressure rate in the year, and they have a bottom three blitz rate. Can't really blitz this Miami offense. So they're able to get pressure without blitzing two smart safeties on the back end. McDermott's going to have a good game plan here. And if you judge based on history, McDermott has absolutely owned, owned to a 59 quarterback rating. Uh in three starts, one touchdown, four interceptions. His next so that's the second worst against any one opponent. one opponent, fifty-nine quarterback rating. The next highest, the next worst is eighty. So McDermott has really been able to figure out this McDaniel offense. And look, what he what McDaniel has done adjusting to the league with these different revolutionary motions, there's not tape on it. There's three games. The Bills have seen some of this, so you know, there's gonna be a counter back and a punch back, and then that's the the chess game in the NFL. But what this boils down to me is these are two amazing offenses. Everyone's talking about Miami last week and rightfully so, but the Bills have beat the last two opponents 75 to 13. I think they've dominated the offenses look great the past two weeks. And the most important thing is the offensive line last week was spectacular. That's what you, and that was against one of the best defensive fronts in the NFL, all graded out very well up front. And that's kind of. What you, if you're a Bills fan you want to see because that's the only thing that I think can really hold back this offense. So when I look at this game, I think that we can get you know two and a half up to minus one twenty because of what the Dolphins did last week. Two elite offenses, but only one good defense. Bills have an elite defense, second EPA per play, second success rate. Granted, there's a big gap, but right behind the Browns. If you look at the Dolphins, you know they're twentieth, twenty first, not a great defense. I believe the Dolphins are dead last and success rate allowed uh, this year. So so I just think the Bills at home are going to be able to get one or two more key stops. And also something to keep in mind that could actually make a difference. And again, that I think will be competitive and can't wait for this one. Dolphins go by DVOA, 32nd on special teams. Their special teams is a mess. Last year, bottom five was a mess. Last year, Bills number one in, in the league. Bills advantage, special teams, defense, two elite offenses, getting the Bills at home. Under a field goal against anyone. I'll take the Bills under a field goal here all day.
1: I don't really have a good feel for this one. Just, I have it inside of three, so I guess I would lean Miami, but I I take your point. I think, you know, it's kind of a sell high for Miami spot, and I I can get behind it. I can see where you're coming from. For my uh, second pick of the week four, Sunday six pack, and the fourth overall, uh, I'm going with the Tampa Bay Bucks plus three and a half. At the New Orleans Saints, and this just comes down for, to for Jam- to James to Jameis Winston for me, uh, and the fact that the Bucks I think were a little underrated heading into the year. Uh, they've been able to hold up on defense. They've given up, you know, seventeen twice, and then you know, Eagles put twenty five on them. But Jameis, for an offense that was already not really living up to its potential and not really playing all that well. You know, the saints didn't haven't scored more than 20 points in a game. Now you got Jameis in there, the kicker is a little bit shaky as well. So uh, I think there isn't as big of a gap here as, you know, you might think you might've thought coming into the year, J- but Jameis is just eight, 19 and one 30% against the spread as a favorite. Uh, and if you could get over a field goal, which uh, hopefully by the time you guys are listening to this, uh, line still there over a field goal, like two and nine against the spread. Uh, but uh, either way, uh, I think this Bucks team can keep it close. You know, they the Eagles, that was a tough matchup for them, but the Saints team have been playing everyone close. They went one point win against the Titans. They got a three point win against the Panthers and they get a one point loss to the uh, Green Bay Packers. So uh, this Bucks team has been feisty enough that uh, I trust them to, Get it done here against Jameis. And, you know, Jameis, I mean, we haven't seen him play a ton uh, with the Saints. I don't think he's that same guy that's, you know, throwing, you know, 30 interceptions and 30 touchdowns. A little going to be a little more conservative. Uh, and they do get Kamara back, but the, the Bucs front has always been good against Kamara. That is one thing. Uh, so I, I just trust this Bucs defense to keep it close and what should be a, a low-scoring game.
0: We talked about this for years. Anytime you could fade Jameis as a favor, even if he's more conservative now, he still can make that key turnover at any point in the game. I also don't think that the Saints front is, look, Cam Jordan has played better than I thought he would this year, but the Saints front, especially in the interior, it's not a front that's going to consistently generate just a ton of pressure. The Saints are really good, fundamental sound defense, but they're not like that habit-causing front. Um, So I think Baker can Keep up here and yeah, no issues fading Jameis. All right, for my third pick and the fifth overall of the week four Sunday six pack, I'm going with the Jacksonville Jaguars minus three in their home away from home over in London. Uh, I hate that I have to do this, by the way. I have three favorites that's this that might be no, this is a first. Uh, don't think you've ever done this. Yep. Um, so Look, um, this line before the season started w- would have been, I think, four and a half, five. Jacksonville's been extremely disciplined. They've lost two and a row. They lost to the Chiefs thrown with Their offense did nothing. They lost last week. Got blown out by Houston. In fairness, pretty fluky as far as the final score. Like, they outgained them. They had, I don't know, seven more first downs. But you had the fullback returning kicks for a touchdown for the Texans. You had the blocked field goal return. Like, it was a pretty fluky game. So that score looked a bit more lopsided. Lawrence has looked off. Uh, but that's something we've seen in the past. Inconsistency from Trevor yep. Lawrence. Like, so would it surprise me if he comes out of here and shreds a pretty vulnerable Atlanta defense that, you know, doesn't really get a ton of pressure off of the edge to take advantage of some of the weaknesses that Atlanta's had there, specifically at right tackle. No, I wouldn't be shocked at all. But what this comes down to is just the matchup. So, and, and I like the situation the situation is decent in that. Jacksonville's lost two in a row. Desperation will go into London, which they're extremely familiar with. Meanwhile, Atlanta, off of a bad loss against Detroit, they're, you know, it's kind of their second game on the road going overseas, but Atlanta hasn't looked great to me. I thought that they would be much more potent on offense. Uh, some of the things that we talked about, we thought that they would do. They're not. in mean, how they're using all their different chess pieces. They go up to Detroit, don't do anything on offense. And then if you look back, who, their first two wins, they beat the Green Bay by one, but Green Bay is half their teams out. And then, you know, you beat a rookie quarterback who does not look good. That, little, I mean, that in, in week one. And you so, were down in the third until like the second half in that game. Yeah. Too. So that, that but, looks worse. So, and what it comes down to is Desmond Ritter is not, has just not progressed at all. No one thought he was going to be great or even good, but we thought he'd be a little better. And it doesn't seem like the, it doesn't seem like the staff, you know, Arthur Smith, the offensive, trusts him to actually throw it downfield. So the playbook seems really limited. So this offense that was already rush-heavy is even more rush-heavy, and teams are just loading the box. Well, guess what? Jacksonville, despite their slow start, they have no issues defending the run. None. They didn't last year. It's a defense-by scheme. Todd Bowles decided like, we'll stop the run. And this year, I think, let me see, Jacksonville is second. In success rate, top three in success rate, and EPA per rush. So there's a top three rush defense this year. Where they're not good is against the pass. We talked about this in the offseason. season. They're not getting a ton of pressure off the edge, and their secondary isn't very good. They're 23rd in EPA per drop back. I don't think Ru- I don't think Desmond Ritter could take advantage. So I think that I expect Lawrence to have a better game. He I'll trust the better quarterback here in the better matchup because Atlanta. Jacksonville can even bring another safety down. They can load the box even more, which is what teams are doing against Atlanta. So, yeah, I'm going to buy low here. I mean, Desmond Ritter, for example, just to show you how bad he's been. I mean, he's among 30 quarterbacks, at least 100 plays this season. Ritter's 26th in EPA plus completion percentage over expectation composite. He's in the negative there, which isn't good. The only other four quarterbacks in the negative are Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, Kenny Pickett, One legged Joe Burrow is actually dead last. So he has not been good. I don't think he could take advantage of this Jacksonville secondary. I'm going to have faith in this Jacksonville team to bounce back. They've been a bit unlucky in a number of categories. They're 29% on third down. That's like Zach Wilson territory. Last year, they were in the top 10 in that quarter. They're one of six on fourth downs. Last year, they were 53%. Late down success rates, a lot of variance in those numbers, especially over short sample sizes. So I expect them. To have a you know positive regression bump in the short term. I'm gonna buy Jacksonville low. I don't it's not the most I don't show a ton of value on it, but I like the spot and I like the matchup because Jacksonville's strength on defense is against the run.
1: Yeah, the Falcons, if they get behind, and it's crazy because they've actually won a couple of games where they've been down in the second half, but you know, you just don't have confidence in them really getting down. Now, Jacksonville I feel like we were here every year with Jacksonville. This it's is not, who they they're are. Not they're not bad. Yeah, but they're not. This, this is who bad. they are. <laughs> like, they, they got to get right at some point And London is usually the spot. So uh, I don't hate it. Yeah, I think, like, yeah, like, my number is probably is, like, two and a half. But you've been having success with these favorites. So uh, hopefully we keep rolling. For my third pick and the sixth overall of the week for Sunday six-pack, uh, I felt a lot better about this one about an hour ago
0: but nice preface before you get right now I gotta be be honest an hour ago
1: so Houston plus three and I already bet it so it's not like you know it is what it is I had this line you know closer to you know a half point point you know now looks like Houston's uh other tackle Josh Jones is going to be out too now he's been pretty bad he's ranked 61st to 67 uh at PFF tackles he's given up nine pressures so it's not a massive loss but like now you're talking about a replacement level tackle probably on the right side. Fant has been playing well. He'll go to the left side, but uh, so it's not ideal, but either way, I think this Houston team getting three at home against Pittsburgh that, you know, coming off two wins that they're fairly lucky to get both of them. You know, the Cleveland game, they get two defensive touchdowns. The, the Raiders game, Garoppolo might've been concussed for half of it. Josh McDaniels was coaching like he was concussed. Very odd game. But uh, that would Houston, explain a
0: lot of this, a lot of what Jimmy G was doing if he was King Goss.
1: Yeah, no, seriously. He, it just, he just didn't look right. The, the thing for me here is Houston has the better quarterback. But Kenny Pickett, first of all, let me, let me preface it by saying this. We know Stroud's going to be under pressure against this Pittsburgh D. That goes without saying. Kenny Pickett has been under pressure more than almost any quarterback in the league. This Pittsburgh defense, uh, offensive line has not been good, but Pickett has also been one of the worst quarterbacks from a clean pocket stroud at least i think on the you know whatever 50 60 percent of the time that he's clean i think he can make more plays and i think that's the difference in this game and what should be a pretty low scoring game because while pittsburgh's defense is better houston's offense has been far and away better uh 1.8 points per drive seventeenth pittsburgh is 1.1 uh 30th uh in terms of uh scoring percentage Houston's at 12th, Pittsburgh's 31st. Uh and then really Houston the red zone has been an issue. They're dead last in conversion percentage at 27%. That's that tends to be volatile and regress. Uh but Houston at least they've had 11 red zone trips. That's eighth most on offense. Pittsburgh is dead last in red zone trips. They've only had 3. So Uh, I do, I am concerned, obviously, about, uh, you know, the Texans offensive lines. It seems like they keep getting more and more hurt. But, you know, I thought about that last week and, you know, it was a concern last week and they made it work against uh, against Jacksonville. So I don't expect a lot of points here, but I do think that the market, I don't think Pittsburgh, given the state of their offense, you know, no Deontay Johnson, they're averaging 3.2 yards a carry, even though they want to be a running team. Uh, and even Jalen Warren, even though he's looked better than Najee, he hasn't really been able to get going uh, on the ground either. So it's it's really just going to be a ugly matchup of two offenses that aren't going to be able to do much. But I think the difference in the game is that when Stroud gets time, I think that he's going to be able to make plays to Dell, uh, to Nico Collins. And I think Pickett, is it's going to be a lot tougher for him to make plays and also, Houston has gotten no running game, and their offense has still been okay. Well, Pittsburgh's been one of the worst teams in the league against the run, so uh, Houston could manage, uh, you know, to, to to do it that way in a game that they probably won't fall behind massively and, and have to throw. So uh, it, it looks ugly, but I don't think Pittsburgh should be favored by three on the road you know, on a somewhat of a short week. You know, playing on Sunday night, so give me the Texans lustry.
0: Yeah, I mean, Steelers' offense is still horrendous. The play calling, I mean, what they just they just run they just run the how many times are they just going to throw a back shoulder that throw to George Pickett? That is like their entire offense, and then they run it on second and long still. And well, you saw last week, Pickett looked a little better. That's a horrendous defense that he was facing, uh, Houston. Should get Petrie back, too, who I love at safety, right? Petrie and Ward will be back on the back end.
1: Ward, Yeah, I think Ward came back last week. So Yeah, yeah I Petrie. think Petrie's coming
0: back this week from his rib yes. injury or longer or bruised chest, something like that. And I, I love him. I think he's a player. But, yeah, the offense is still broken. This is also a classic Tomlin loss spot. Oh, as yeah. a favorite uh, against a t- uh, losing team on the road. By the way, like, they just won on the road. Secondary game. they have Baltimore next week.
1: I love the false enthusiasm. I'm going to see if we can make one of you guys quit today.
0: Like, this is a game where the Steelers, under Tomlin, for as many times as they come out and they'll upset the team with me against the world, they'll come out in this spot flat as a pancake and they'll be down, you know, 14-0, eight minutes in. I don't want to hear about the labor pains, man. Deliver the damn baby.
1: 15-25-1, 40% against the spread are the Steelers' as a road favorite off a win uh, in the Mike Tomlin whatever. This is a grow-up moment right here for you young studs. Let's live. Steelers are 9-22 and 22 against the spread as a road favorite off a win going against a losing team. And then overall, at home, they're pretty even. They're 15-15. and 15. So really, it's on the road. Just just this exact kind of spot is exactly yep. where
0: this we want the, to. The, flat, the flat Tomlin spot, throwing the fact they have Baltimore next week. You could see them coming out with a lack of focus, and those are the trends that I like. It's like because Tomlin is a raw, raw motivator coach, in this spot where like you might not be able to rally the troops, it's got to be Houston.
1: All right, uh, hit that horn, babe. Let's dance. To recap, the six pack stuck has the Browns minus two and a half, the Bills minus two and a half, and the Jags minus three. I have the Rams plus one, the Bucks plus three and a half, and the Texans. Plus three. Now let's get into our coach's pep talk. Every time we get ready to play, I just want to throw up. So depressed, I don't even want to talk about it. I'm sick of watching you guys play. All right, this week's coach's pep talk comes to us from Al Pacino in the 1992 film Son of a Woman. And we got to dedicate this to the let's go Denver Broncos and Chicago Bears since they're playing each other. Both of them, season probably couldn't be going any worse. I don't know how the Broncos overtook the Bears for having a terrible season.
0: Well, gentlemen, when the shit hits the fan, some guys run and some guys stay. And if you think you're preparing these minnows for manhood, you better think again. What a sham. What kind of a show are you guys putting on here today?
1: And we could also go with the Cleveland Browns since the, uh, tend to let you down in these spots every year.
0: Yeah, uh, but hopefully I'm not there, and that ends the curse of this game that I'm always there for and get a bad beat on.
1: Yeah, if the Browns cover, they will hand Lamar Jackson just his second against the spread loss as an underdog. He's 11-1 and against the spread as a dog, covering by 8.8 points per game.
0: 17-4 and against the spread overall as a favorite of less than a field goal. Or an underdog, which is why at this, with especially with this total, I would not lay three.
1: Uh, speaking of totals, we'll get to that in our next segment. But first, stuck you and I know more memories are made when you're there for live NFL action, and uh, when you need tickets, Ticketmaster has got you covered as the official marketplace of the NFL. Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat. Your interactive seat map gives you 360-degree previews of your section to make sure you have the best view of those pivotal plays. And if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. And you can even customize your Ticketmaster app to wrap your favorite team's colors. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com slash NFL. It's not too late, Stuck. Still want to go to that game. let hit up our good folks at Ticketmaster. But uh, let's get into the favorite totals of the week for each of us. And uh, we have both hit two out of three this year. Uh, both hit last week. The thank you to Mr. Josh McDaniel for kicking a field goal after He took time, which essentially just helped the under hit uh, in that Sunday night game. So I don't know what was going on there, but uh, I'll take it. Uh, I'm up first for the total, and I kind of alluded to this, but Baltimore, Cleveland, got to go under here. 41 is the number. I have this closer to 39. Early down success rate, Cleveland, number one on defense at 25.7%. Baltimore is actually number 2 in early down success rate which is impressive considering the injuries that Baltimore has been dealing with all season. So you got the top 2 defenses in early down success rate, you have the top 2 defenses in yards per play allowed, Cleveland 3.2, Baltimore 4.1. You have two teams that play uh, at a relatively slow pace. Baltimore is 22nd in seconds per play and the Browns are 29th in seconds per play. Uh and then you have the injuries with so obviously, Chubb is the big one for Cleveland, and it, it's crazy because he's been so consistent in terms of averaging over five yards a carry. He's five point three for his career career. That's all, nearly a full yard above Kareem Hunt and nearly two full yards above Jerome Ford, who are the guys that are, are going to be filling in. Baltimore, you know, Gus Edwards looks like he skipped the protocol. Or he got out of the protocol, so he'll likely. Uh, be there, but Odell Beckham didn't practice Wednesday with an ankle. Rashad Bateman tweaked his hamstring, so you know even if you get these guys back, you're talking about receivers with leg injuries, so uh, not ideal uh, for an offense. And then if you need your depth, well, even your your, your guy Tylen Wallace, who was not really going to ever play if everyone was healthy, but now if you're if you're if you have Bateman and Beckham out again, now you're you're really you have no depth. Like if if anyone goes down, you really can't do anything but three wide in this game with DuVernay, uh, Aguilar, and uh, Flowers. And then uh, Stanley is a little banged up. Linderbaum, both of those guys, we'll see if they play, but just a banged up offense for Baltimore going against a great defense, as you mentioned. Cleveland games, average 35 combined points, which is obviously very low, but it should be even lower because here at Action Network, you know, we do our luck rankings. And part of that is, you know, we calculate expected scores for each game, which drive those. Uh, where we kind of factor out the luck, and you know, look at you know, given the circumstances, what a team was supposed to score in each game. And Cleveland's combined scores should be closer to 32 points a game. Uh, a lot of it uh, was driven by those two defensive touchdowns by Pittsburgh. That you know, hard to uh, repeat week in and week out. So you don't expect those to happen every week. So Cleveland's been playing like lights out on defense, barely getting games into the thirties here. And, uh, Baltimore, uh, banged up, still playing solid on defense as well. And Deshaun Watson, I don't know if, if this is anything, if this is just an excuse to give him some rest, but they, they said he's not throwing at all on Wednesday, resting his shoulder. I don't know where that came from or what, what's going on with that. But, uh, I mean, that can only be good for the under. So uh divisional unders in week four uh which week four for mo for what it's worth has generally been an over week uh usually you know first few weeks of the season totals are inflated people start uh you know bet casual bettors a lot of casual money betting overs finally start to realize it around week four uh the numbers come down overs tend to hit but the exception is divisional games and we saw these teams play a 13-3 game last year but week four divisional unders 27 and 11, 71% since 2015. Uh, all other unders over that span hitting at just a 43% clip. So uh, if you've been to under this week, probably want to do it in a divisional game Baltimore, Cleveland under 41.
0: I like it. Uh, should be like, I'm going to call, I'm going to say like Cleveland Browns win, I'm going to say 17 13.
1: Ah, I was thinking seventeen twelve, so. <laughs> oh,
0: on the You're same the page. Edge. All right, for my favorite total, so I, I'm going to have to go on the fly here just to take you okay. behind the process. So I originally was going to go Rams-Colts over, but I just explained why it looks like Richardson's going to start. So I don't like that as much anymore. Then I was going to go Panthers-Vikings over, but now it looks like Bryce Young is going to start. I thought he was going to be out. So we're going to go back to Rams Colt over. I still (laughs) like it. I don't like it as much with Richardson in there just because he isn't attacking downfield. He might get a lot of methodical drives that chew the clock up, as I said earlier. But I this Rams team can attack this Colt secondary, which is what you have to do. Throw it downfield. Stafford has looked great. They're going to get their points. You know, this Rams defense has been a, a bit better than I thought. But with Kelly back, the offensive line, when they've been fully healthy this year, has been awesome. Uh, so they, you know, they can handle, they don't have a, a glaring weak spot on the offensive line like Cincy did. So they can double Donald here. Richardson, I think, can make enough plays. I don't really love any totals this week, but I show value in this over. So let's go with the Rams. Colts over, so we're back to our first, my first original overback.
1: Like I said, the Colts haven't turned the ball over since week one with Richardson back. He might get a turnover, maybe it's in you know turnover at two or three, maybe it's in uh, in opponent territory or gets housed or something like that too. So
0: that could also yeah. work. In your and favorite. Stafford should cook, could, could, should cook yeah, against this. That's this really defense. That's why
1: I like the Rams in this game. You know, coin flip game, but I think the Rams have a significant edge uh, at quarterback, and I don't. I think everything else is kind of just. Kind of cancels each other out. Like uh okay, so yeah. I got Ravens, Browns under 41. Stuck has back around to Rams Colts over 46 and a half. Uh now it is time for our favorite teaser of the week.
0: Oh yeah. Six-point teasers. Yeah, a couple a couple teaser options here. Set the Packers already. You can get them over a field goal and a touchdown. You also the lower the total the better because there's less variance with uh fewer expected points. Perfect example, Tennessee, the Titans here, total of forty one, they're catching two and a half at home, variable as a dog. Uh but you can tease that super low total to up over eight. Perfect teaser spot for the Titans. Burrow's clearly not healthy. Uh he is he missed a ton of throws. He's dead last in uh EPA plus completion percentage over expectation composite in a league that has Zach Wilson uh in it. So that's not great. Um and look, this should be a defensive battle. Two teams that are one and two, desperation mode should be low scoring. Eight and a half in your pocket's good there. I also the I don't know where the the Rams plus one and a half getting that up over a touchdown. I know you like the Rams is also a good option, but uh, we we agreed our, our favorite teaser using just the Sunday sides uh, the Titans and then the Eagles down from eight and a half to two and a half yep. total there forty four so lower total should be a you know expect a little bit of a lower scoring game divisional game outdoors, but the the real thing is. Sam Howe, he cooked the Broncos' defense as does everyone for three quarters because the Broncos get absolutely no pressure. Last week it was a disaster because he holds the ball too long, and when he's under pressure it's bad and he makes bad decisions. I think the Bills had nine sacks, I think. I could be making that up, but I thought I saw that when I was doing my summaries. And he they couldn't do anything on offense, and he even struggled against Arizona. So Eagles' defensive front should get a ton of pressure here. And uh, that that Eagles offense, it, it still looks a little off from a passing perspective, but they're running the ball really well, and they should have enough to beat the uh, beat the Commanders at home by at least a field goal. So you're you're getting through the seven and three there. So yeah, uh, Titans Eagles.
1: Yeah, nine sacks, four picks. That <laughs> is that is quite the, the the smattering of negative plays. Uh five turnovers for the commanders last week. Wow. Yeah. It was geez. Two of five. uh, two, uh, two. Uh, wait, 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 wait. Oh, one of nine. That's what I was. Yeah. One of nine on third down. Yeah. They, the commanders, I mean, the Eagles might mess around and cover this spread, but never like weighing a lot of points in a divisional game. So yeah, like the tease here. Uh, so Philly from eight and a half to two and a half Tennessee from two and a half to eight and a half, uh, Philly, of course, is at home against Washington. Tennessee is at home against the Bengals. As a reminder, uh, the Action Network podcast is presented by BetMGM, and you can use bonus code ACTION, that's A-C-T-I-O-N, when signing up to get up to $1,500 paid back in bonus bets if your first bet loses. For new users in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Terms and conditions apply. Must be twenty-one or older. Gambling problem? Call one eight hundred GAMBLER. All right, underdog moneyline parlay time. All right, we both hit one out of th- out of a uh, three, which is actually probably below our mean. We usually closer to five hundred. Try to get back on the right track here. Uh, who you got for your money line dog this
0: uh, week? I'm making a switch on, on the fly here again. It's with all the quarterbacks. Like I really thought that there was a good chance that we might maybe could see Minshew, and I really did think we were going to see Dalton, and those were going to be. Um, so I was going to go with Carolina for sure with Dalton uh, against Cousins as a favorite, but now that I know it's Richardson in for the Colts, I'm going to. Ride your tails there. And I'm going to go with the Rams. Talked about that game a lot already. So let's go Rams money line.
1: All right. And the Rams are even money. So not too sexy, but uh, do expect them to win that game. And if you're, if you have a plus one, uh, you can also take the money line. Uh, Essentially, only thing you lose out on is a, you know, push, uh, but you get better odds. And I'm going to go, and just so we don't have to talk about this game later, uh, I'll go with the Chicago Bears, plus 140, this Bronco Oof. team. I mean, if, are the Bears going to go 0-17? Maybe. Maybe. If,
0: if they're not, But <laughs> if they're
1: not, if they're not, you got to start, okay, which games can they potentially win? You know, Maybe winning the division games, obviously. But uh, this Bronco game is looking more and more winnable. Uh, and, you know, obviously the Broncos are a more talented team, but – you know, I don't know where their heads are going to be at. You know, normally we like, you know, teams coming off big losses, but both of these teams are coming off big losses. Chicago at home, uh, even against the Bears, I I don't know if anybody should be laying, you know, more than three. So the money line is p- plus 140 here. Uh, if Justin Fields is ever going to have a decent game, uh, it's going to be, an, it's probably going to be here. So give me the Bears at plus 140.
0: Uh yeah. what I mean, it's a shit game. So this game probably shatters too. Somehow whenever you have these games with like ship teams, you don't know what to expect. A lot of times it just turns into a fun shootout. So maybe yep. it, that does, but uh, I will say that the Broncos, the most trustworthy unit in this game is the Broncos offense.
1: <laughs> Famous last words. Uh
0: Which is funny. Um, but both defenses have been so pitiful. I mean, it's been bad and, yeah, we'll see. Fields Fields doesn't do anything this week against a defense that can't get pressure, can't stop a nosebleed. I mean, Sam Howe carved this team up. Um, then uh, it's trouble. So, yeah, whatever. In the shit game, if you want to take the money line dog, that's fine. Also, it's probably just don't keep talking about it. You're going to talk it's, yourself it's, out of it. Sean Payton,
1: no, I'm, I'm I'm not. Sean Payton, karma, man. He, he talked all that all that junk, and uh, now he, his team's looking even worse than than Hackett had it looking last year. So, see if it keeps up. All right. Now it is time for the best of the rest. Games we haven't covered in any other segment, but are still, as they say, meaningful to some. That's going to be a touchdown, but that may be meaningful to some of you. And you know who I mean. All right, first up, we got the Patriots at the Cowboys. Cowboys favored by seven. At MGM. the total is... 43, so even numbers uh, abound. Cowboys, you know, you would think it's a bounce-back spot, but this Patriot defense is is tough, and uh, the Cowboys do have some issues defending the run. We saw yeah. that against Arizona, so what do you think about this one?
0: Yeah, I mean, I made it like six-eight, so no play here. And yeah, that the run defense is an issue for the Cowboys. Also, the adjustment without digs. Won't be mm-hmm. as big of an issue here this week, but that's just something to watch going forward. I do give the Cowboys a little bit of a pass. They had some offensive line injuries last, year, I mean, last week, but so does, so does everyone. are playing Arizona. It was a horribly coached game. They got really unlucky in the red zone. They were there a bunch, but I just think it's one of those games where they just completely overlooked. They just didn't show up and uh, got punched in the mouth. Can't do that against anyone in the NFL. So, From an emotional standpoint, yes, it's a good bounce-back spot. But laying seven against his Patriots defense and a and a Patriots offense that'll commit to the run, which is I think like didn't Arizona ran for over two hundred yards against I mean they and they were running a bunch of different ways with some of their receivers and backs and Dobbs. Um so yeah, that that could be a matchup advantage for the Patriots. Also, the Patriots signed Will Greer, Zeke revenge game. There's a bunch bunch of what do we have a Thielen revenge Ridley. game? Ridley Ridley, Ridley revenge Ridley. game, Zeke yep. revenge Zeke. game. But they signed Will Greer and they have Zeke, so um I think it came out that the Cowboys are gonna change all their signals this week and all their calls because oh, Zeke and Greer know them all. Um I think the quote was like they know where the bones are are buried. Um, so we're gonna change all of our signals. Um so that could be a little messy and or maybe like they tricked them. I don't know. There should be that will be a fun little uh game within the game to watch, but that familiarity could help the Patriots for sure. Um, and yeah, we'll see if uh, I expect a better game from Dak and I expect to the, pay- the Cowboys to bounce back, but I'm not laying seven in a game. I make six, eight with uh, some matchup advantages for the Patriots. Uh, this is a pass.
1: Yeah. Uh, you know, if I had to take a side, I would absolutely take the Patriots. Something I I'm, I am watching. Because, you know, you and I talked in the in the offseason, I said, hey, you know, Dallas uh liked them more than I pretty much ever have in terms of, you know, Super Bowl futures, but wanted to see, you know, the play calling and wanted to see the kicker. Well, the kicker's been all right. The play calling is what everyone's kind of talking about, but I wonder if Dak is gonna become a bigger talking point because he had the horrible interception and you know, they kept running the ball in close with time running down and you say, okay, that's horrible play con. But then you see Dak's decision on that interception and you start to wonder, right? Like, okay, maybe there's a reason why we're calling, you know, we're giving, we're putting the ball in Tony Pollard's hands. And, And now you look up and we're three weeks into the season and yes, he played the Jets, but he also played the Giants, which is horrible defense and Arizona, which Not much there. They've been playing okay, but not not a ton. Dak is averaging six point three yards an attempt. His average up the target is just six point two. Like he's like they. This has not been an efficient pass offense. I know they missed cooks for for some time, but it that's what I was saying.
0: I was saying earlier in the year that I think early in the season, Dak is going to be super conservative mentally because he's so worried about the interceptions. Um, because that was the biggest talking point mm-hmm. in the off season, and he was like, "I guarantee I won't." So he's like, "I thought he was going to play really timid and conservative, and that's kind of what I'm seeing. He just has to say fuck it and let it go, because then you're just overthinking everything. So, yeah, there's something definitely going on there, um, and definitely worth monitoring.
1: Okay vegas at the chargers and the Chargers are favored by five and a half the totals 48 uh full disclosure i was going to make this uh my third pick of the six pack uh but as we were recording this it looks like jimmy g is still in the protocol now i don't know exactly how serious it is because the line hasn't really budged you know it, it was actually six but i still i bought out i had i had bet the The Raiders at six, so I bought out with Chargers at five and a half just because I don't, you know, if they start Brian Hoyer or Aiden O'Connell, I want no parts of this. But, uh, you know, I was looking at this this game because I think, you know, the Raiders coming off prime time uh, against this Charger team that really has not been winning games by margin, right? The Chargers, since going back to uh, 2022, so going back to the start of last year, the Chargers have won eleven games, and they've only won four of them by more than six points. So, you know, this is not a, that means four out of their twenty games. Really, you know, if you're looking at them, would it, would it, would they have covered this number? So, that's that was kind of my thinking there. And then the Raiders, since McDaniel took over, they've done the same thing. They they've got a ton of losses, but only a handful have been by, you know, more than six points. So uh, both, you know, the Raiders tend to lose close. The Chargers tend to win close. So I did like this number at six, five and a half. Uh, but with the Jimmy G uncertainty, uh, I, I have to stay off of it. But, uh, you know, follow me in the app. If, uh, you know, maybe if Jimmy G gets ruled in, we'll get back on it. But uh, that, that was kind of my thinking. Any thoughts on this one?
0: No, uh, it's too much uncertainty here. I will say though, I mean, the Chargers are going to charge her. That's basically all this is. I will say, it, the Chargers aren't getting much pressure. Their defense has been bad, and that's basically what it comes down to when you face Jimmy G. Jimmy G. This year, under pressure, has an eleven quarterback rating. 11. Zero touchdowns, four interceptions. It and this, I think, this will this ties into the Forty ers game a bit too. The biggest difference between Jimmy B G Jimmy B. Jimmy G. <laughs> and uh brock purdy is in his final two seasons jimmy g could win any game with with the 49ers could make you know all the throws but if he was under pressure or had to get moved get out of the pocket it was it, he couldn't do it. he was wasn't able to improvise he just he's not very mobile look here's a stat over the his final two seasons with the 49ers garoppolo 13 touchdown passes 12 interceptions and a twelve percent explosive pass rate under pressure. So thirteen, twelve, twelve percent. Purdy during his young career over two seasons, seven touchdowns, one interception, sixteen percent explosive pass rate when pressured, night and day. And that is the difference. That that is why the ceiling is so much higher with this 49ers offense, because Purdy can handle pressure and has been able to make plays and can move a little bit more than Jimmy G. But uh, yeah, chargers are going to charge are too much uncertainty for me to get involved there.
1: Uh, and then we got Vikings Panthers, which I feel like we've talked about uh, a ton, but uh, <laughs> haven't actually made any picks. So just uh, real quick, Minnesota is favored by three and a half. Uh, On the road in Carolina, the total is 45 and a half. It looks like Bryce Young is going to go for Carolina. Mingo, the rookie wide receiver, also got in a limited session Wednesday. So uh, they could be decently close to full strength because the Panthers on offense.
0: uh,
1: Any uh, thoughts to wrap this up? Yeah, not not on defense.
0: Yeah, defense, a lot of injuries. I would have bet the, the Panthers here. In some form or fashion if it was Dalton but uh I'm also not laying three and I'm not laying over a field goal on the road with the Vikings in this defense this
1: Carolina team just does not give me good vibes and you kind of alluded to it them with Dalton is probably peak Panthers for this year you know it's just uh you know they're not apparently they're not even going to use Bryce Young on quarterback sneaks this is going to use Andy Dalton like 30 (laughs) what something year old Andy Dalton instead of your rookie quarterback like uh, if there was ever a time for the Panthers to get a win, get a cover. Just like the Chargers we charger in, the Vikings do Vikings. So this probably as good a spot as any, but yeah, I, I I'm low on the Panthers, so and I have their under on their win total, so I'm off this game. And then we'll close it out with the uh, Jets Chiefs. It's nine and a half in favor of the Chiefs. their total is forty two and a half. Usually in these games we're ready to go bet the dog, you know, uh low total, high spread. Chiefs never cover his favorites, but Eventually, you know, they. I think the Chiefs got down to like twenty six percent as like a favorite of a field goal or more uh, since like November twenty twenty. So eventually, that's going to start to even out. We saw it against the Bears. If I had it, I think it probably continues to even out here. Uh, but I don't know. What are your thoughts? You you backed you back the Jets against the uh, Cowboys? Uh, that so was the spot. Yeah, that know?
0: was the spot because I I wasn't backing Zach Wilson. I made that clear. Uh, I was backing the Jets defense to step up. In a game where you know you just lost your starting quarterback, us against the world, going on the road against a, a DAC in that offense, which doesn't look great, they ship the bed and by the way, this jets defense that chirped all that off season talk we're the greatest we're going to be legendary we're going to be eighty five bears they're go look at the, all their all their underlying metrics this team's this defense has performed average to below average. They're like between fifteenth and twenty first if you look at DVOA, EPA, success rate. This defense has been disappointing. That's who would need to show up here. That the spot was against Dallas. They didn't even make enough plays against New England. And no, I'm not. I, I, I'm not putting my money on Zach Wilson. The the Chiefs' numbers made sense why they were bad as a big favor because they just their defense was always so bad. Yeah, that it was good. Like, you like you could just get in the back door so easily, and you were in shootouts. And but their defense is playing a lot better. Definitely worth exploring. We stayed off the Bears last week in a spot. Well, We just couldn't trust the Bears, and I just can't trust the Jets here. If Zach Wilson – this game's in New York. If Zach Wilson is bad, like bad, bad, as he's been all year, early, like the crowd is going to turn mm-hmm. so quick. And then, like, w- I, what do you do? Do you, do you bring in Tim Boyle? to Simeon, like, to try to learn the playbook in three days? Like, if, if it's bad, bad, Simeon probably starts next week, and then maybe I'll look at the Jets. If Simeon is bad – but Simeon is not. Zach Wilson is so lost right now. Not only he's bad, he has no confidence. Like he checked down on a, to a one yard out, covered one yard out on fourth and ten with the with the game on the line. The Kirk Cousins special. Uh, Kirk Cousins
1: playoff special.
0: So yeah, Zach Zach Wilson. It's it's just it's a bad situation right now. The Chiefs defense is playing better. You're basically hoping that they. I, they got to score some out because you're not going to keep the Chiefs out, especially the way this, this defense hasn't been as dominant as I thought, as you thought, as anyone thought, uh, clearly as they thought. They thought they were going to be one of the best ever. That's certainly not the case. So I, I show a tad bit of value on the Jets, Well, I'm not bad. Pass. Yeah,
1: I mean, I'd rather bet the Chiefs, honestly.
0: Yeah. Hopefully ho- hopefully we don't have to spend the whole prime time talking about Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey, but we'll see what happens on the on the broadcast. Nothing yep, against it, but that is everywhere. Everywhere I look, that storyline. Holy moly!
1: The Chiefs' defense is a little underrated, so I may, I may. And the Jets' and,
0: defense might be overrated. Yeah. So
1: may, may, and it's may. Zach Wilson
0: versus Patrick Mahomes. You cannot have a bigger quarterback mismatch in the NFL right now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it might be. It uh, might be a, a rare. Uh, Play on a favorite, but uh, stay tuned. I'll have that right about at actionnetwork.com into the action. By the oh, way, the-
0: I went three favorites, and then luckily overs have been treating me well, because I think I've hit three in a row. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, including the Thursday night. I went another over this week and three favorites. Let's talk
1: about our new sponsor, Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. Factor hooks you up with delicious, chef-prepared, ready-to-eat meals. Delivered straight to your house, you'll save time, eat well, and stay on track with a healthy lifestyle. There are three main things we love about Factor. Number one is no chopping, prepping, or cleaning up. Uh, Number two, you get great flavor and nutritional quality that you need to tackle challenging topics like whether you should fade Zach Wilson even though uh, the Chiefs are weighing nine and a half. And Factor's fresh, never frozen meals are ready in just two minutes. So run your own two minute drill with Factor and enjoy eating well without the hassle. Select your meals. And enjoy fresh meals delivered to your door. Just head to factormeals.com slash action network pod 50 and use code Action Network Pod 50 to get 50% off. That's code Action Network Pod 50 at factormeals.com slash action network pod 50 to get 50% off. And uh, those factor meals are pretty good. I got a chance to, uh, have a batch uh, shouts to factor for uh, sending some over but uh, yeah i was eating good it definitely works for, for, for somebody like me because i always end up ordering on doordash anyway so i was able to save some money and uh just top one in and that uh, was done in two minutes so i'm feeling it shouts to factor let's talk survivor I'll survive. I
0: will survive. Oh. the survivor pool pick of the week
1: he <laughs> got knocked out by Russell Wilson. <laughs> Still hilarious. So I went Washington in week one, Giants in week two. Guess Barely. We could have both been knocked out. That would have been crazy. Went KC. This week, I, I gotta go to San Francisco. You know, I yep. looking at San Francisco, uh now granted they could always luck into a situation where a team loses their starting quarterback and this is a very dominant team. So ideally I would like to save them, but I already use the Chiefs. Don't want to use the Eagles in a divisional game. Uh, we've seen the the, the, the uh, Commanders upset the Eagles at home, I believe, and don't trust the Cowboys against the Belichick defense. So there's really not many other options here. A lot of these other numbers are really, really small, and uh, you know maybe at once. Survive in time... advance
0: this year with all the corners yeah. that's happened.
1: Yeah, I mean, once upon a time, I'm sure people probably had the Broncos circled for this week if they didn't use them in week two, but. You know, that's how it goes. So, uh, yeah, I think this is the time to use the Niners. All their other, like, they have a game against Tampa Bay, which, you know, doesn't look as uh, enticing as it did um, you know, heading into the year. Uh, and then all the other games, uh, divisional games, that you know, don't really want to take them. So, yeah, we're going to take them in, against Arizona. Home favorite in a divisional game, 14. I think they should be able to get it done because uh, they're not going to, Arizona's not going to catch san francisco off guard you know long rest just upset dallas after almost upsetting the giants so uh, i think you if you have san francisco and you haven't used them yet uh I would, I would use them and if you have if you use san francisco against the giants which possible uh then i'm assuming you have the chiefs so then you would use the chiefs so uh, yeah either way san francisco or kc or go kc if you use san francisco last week that's gonna wrap it uh, for oh, you got any thoughts on this on this game? No, I agree, I agree. I'm yeah. on your coattails. Yeah. So I agree. All right, uh, that's a wrap for us. Thank you for listening. We'll be back every Thursday all season long. You can hear more of me this week with my guy Sean Kerner talking fantasy uh, DFS and props on the Fantasy Flex podcast. We also have the uh, Player Projections episode right here on this channel and you can hear stucky talking college football on big bets on campus every friday morning stuck is on x at stucky 2 i'm at chris raybon and you can find us at those same handles on a free award-winning action network app until next time get this money let's go